0: This year for this Advent season, Advent which really kind of means coming events or a time of preparation or a time of waiting. And we, we live with this hindsight bias that we know the story. We we know what's awaiting us. We know that we have this time of year to remember like the arrival. Of Jesus. And yet, what we thought this year we would do is to look at the reality that even though we know what happens, we sometimes don't slow down enough to think, what? Like there is so much of the arrival of Jesus that is unexpected. There is so much about the time of waiting for him to come, is unexpected. And so over these next few weeks, we're going to look at this whole theme of unexpected. But here's the why. In your life, it is impossible to plan for the unexpected, isn't it? Because if we knew it was coming, it wouldn't be unexpected. But from a posture of faith from a posture of somebody living by faith and walking by faith, what it means is we are constantly prepared for the unexpected. And all too often, we miss, maybe we miss the moments of invitation to something. the hearing from God, seeing what he's doing, because we want to live in predictable world, not unpredictable world. And maybe, just maybe this year, over these next few weeks, we'll intentionally have a posture that's a bit different than the annual seasonal thing. And just maybe this year, the Lord will speak, show himself, do something you didn't expect. And we prepared for that. I don't know what your posture is for this season. We know that for some people, this year is going to be maybe harder than it's been in previous years for a whole host of reasons. Maybe it's not something you look forward to. Maybe it's like, oh, yeah, no, I can do without the Christmas songs every year, really? Like, oh, and some of you are like, no, bring on the Christmas songs. Like, oh, wait, I want to worship with those ones. That my if I'd rather do them every year, every week of the year, sorry. Like, and, and you've got different ones. I mean, it, as far as I'm concerned, there's a small number of of worship songs at Christmas that if I don't sing, I, I, I almost feel like I've lost my faith. I just need them. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I, I, I can't. I mean, I'm just gonna tell you right now. We're gonna be intentionally different this Christmas. I'll, I'll talk about it later on. Yeah, I'll talk about it later on. I'm already I'm already off. I'm already off. Okay. Today... I'm going to take us somewhere that there's this unexpected moment. We'll go to to Luke chapter 1 today. And that makes sense. Go to the beginning of the gospel to see the arrival of Jesus. But the overwhelming majority of Luke chapter 1 never gets a mention for most people at Christmas. The overwhelming of all the gazillions of verses in chapter 1 the dominant part of chapter one doesn't get read. We liked the bit about Mary and throwing in maybe, maybe a bit of Elizabeth, but we, we miss the main character of chapter one. He doesn't get much attention. So I'm going to give him attention today. And so here's the, the account is, here's somebody, as you already, here he is. He gets visited by an angel by the angel Gabriel and he's told you are going to have a son and you're going to be the one to name him. Now, if I'd not mentioned that it was a guy, you would have been going, I'm going to talk about Mary. Visited by the angel Gabriel, told you're going to have a son and his name isn't going to be what you thought. You'd think that would make sense. But here we have this narrative of an angel, the angel Gabriel, visiting a guy and being told he was gonna have a son and that was impossible at that time and he was gonna name him and he was gonna be somebody significant and special. And I want us to go there today because I think for many of us, his story relates to our story and the same God the same god that did the unexpected then just maybe this year if you're ready and if you're looking we'll do the unexpected in your life and in and around your people unexpected moments is what we're going to look at unexpected moments there's been unexpected moments. Maybe if you look at 2023, you look back over the years so far, maybe there's been some unexpected moments. Some good, some not so good. It's kind of life. But it's always good to have a look and go, that wasn't because of me. It was in spite of me. That, that was really good. I didn't see that coming. All of that, it just gets you in a posture for it. Let me go lighthearted first of all, just for our city. And just for here we are and in the valley, just sporting world, there was high expectation for the Phoenix Suns last season. There was high expectation. They went into 2023 and there was a high expectation that maybe this year they could win the championship. And they got to the playoffs and did not perform as expected. It was unexpected how their season ended. In contrast, nobody expected the baseball team. Nobody could see that coming. Oh, you know, I could. No, you're lying. Nobody really could see. They went beyond expectation. Nobody could have seen a few short months ago that they would have made the playoffs, let alone win and then win, and then win, and nobody expected them to get to the World Series. Now, I know they got beat, and you may be disappointed, but come on now. They did the unexpected. Nobody saw that. Now, that's just sports. Have you had any moments this year where you've gone just some good news and go, I didn't expect that this year. And it's kind of wow. However small it may be, I remember there was a day and we were at home and we were having a, a lunch and, and Aaron who was here before and his wife, Eleanor, know, they kind of came around. It was kind of late summer and we just sat there like we do time and time again. And long story short, out of nowhere as far as we were concerned, like sharp, they went and made this, hey, they revealed some news in a very creative way. It was like, are you ready for this unexpected news? We are expecting. And and I remember, I still remember the, <laughs> I, I didn't expect it then and there. I didn't expect it. The good news about that unexpected news is it's the best is yet to come yet. Well, for us, for them, it's sleepless nights. But for us, the best is yet to come. It's like, Wow, this unexpected, like, wow. Don't miss the opportunities this season to be captivated by a little bit of wonder and a bit of beauty and go, oh, oh yeah. Oh, wow. A moment. Maybe when we do and you enter into a song that's only sung at this time of the year, this year you're going to go, I'm going to lean into this one that bit more. I'm going to really adore God this year in my worship. I'm really going to do that. So let's go today. Um, I had to make some changes because... For a change, I went long at the nine o'clock, and, and then there's some things I needed to move on with. This is Luke chapter one. We cannot read all of it purely because of time. So I'm going to start, and we'll get as far as we can. Is that all right? We'll just get as far as we can. Luke chapter one, I'm going to read from verse five. The references are on screen today, not all the verses, because you'd be just too many. All right? So I'm reading, it's the Bible, trust me. If you've got a Bible, turn to Luke chapter one. If you've got it on your phone, you can look to Luke chapter one if you want and follow along, but you can listen in. Let's go here to what happened then and let these living word of God be alive in this space and let it speak to us all. I'm excited, here we go. Luke one, chapter five, uh, chapter one, verse five. You'll hear the Christmas narrative. Oh, it's beautiful. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. Here we go. All right. So with this guy, here's this priest. There are 24 priestly divisions. And in each division, there's about 800 priests. Okay. That means, I'll carry on, it'll make sense. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. If you were a priest, you had to marry, your wife had to be in the lineage of priests. Just so you know. So that's why it's being revealed. Here we have Zechariah. He's in this priestly division. And his wife was also in the lineage, even of Aaron, of priests. So their heritage It's like, it's wowzers. It's like, wow. This is really good. Carry on. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. Not only is he a priest and he's married into this priestly lineage, they're following the Lord like, wow. We continue. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. It's a nice poetic way of saying they're old. They had no children. Culturally then, this is huge. Number one, there was a cultural stigma with that of something's not right. There's some shame. There's some disgrace. Your identity as a woman is being severely hit, and culture can see it. There's a lot of, oh, that posture. It's difficult to walk tall When you've been married, you're serving the Lord even blamelessly and no children. Don't forget the lineage deal. This is also important. With the lineage deal, you've got this priest and it's like, yeah, there's a lineage. I wanna pass this lineage down. And even for Elizabeth, she's from a line of priests. And so therefore there's who knows who the Lord could use next. From my offspring, the Lord could use again. You've got this continuing but for them, no children. So there's extra weight there, extra burden, extra why me, extra what have we done wrong, extra, it's just hard and it's pain and it's struggle and yet they were still blame us in the middle of all this, but that identity is a reality. Can I just do a little bit of an aside confession? Um, with Aaron and Eleanor, so number three grandchild will be arriving in a few months' time. But just, just, just a little insight, if that's okay. that The human in Des, and especially the man, the man in Des kind of like, because they're having a boy and that's common knowledge. And it's just like, oh, the Wadsworth name gets to continue. <laughs> it just hit. And like, my dad... Said that when he heard the news. Like, my, because my dad was like the only Wadsworth, and then he had one son, just me, the only one, and I thought, I'll put an end to that. Three boys. Here we go. But, but, but I have, so, but it was just that, I don't know what it was. There's a humanness in me, went, that's pretty cool. I'd have been more than happy if they were having a girl, don't get me wrong. But it was just something, huh? Yeah, hmm. We carry on. Here they are. They're no children. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, they get to be on duty because the twenty-four divisions about two weeks a year. All right. So two weeks service time. Okay, just play with me. So they go and they're serving the main temple just for two weeks. It's their division's turn, but there's 800 priests. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, He was chosen by lot. Random. He gets drawn. He was chosen, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Once. This is about to happen. It's only twice a year, but because of the sheer number of priests, if this happens to you, it is once in your lifetime. And for some guys, never. Once. Once in your lifetime I've got this calling I'm a priest I'm serving the Lord it's his moment to go in and Burn the incense. Don't forget, I'll carry on. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. The whole imagery of burning incense is sending up an aroma to the Lord. It's representing the praises of the people, but the prayers of the people, the incense, and the intercession of the people. The worshipers are outside the temple and they're praising, but they are lifting prayers. And the priest is to be on their behalf and go in before the Lord with the weight of all. All the responsibility of all the prayers of the people and to burn the incense and that moment. What an unbelievable honour. What an unbelievable wow moment. He's in the very presence of the Lord at this time. It's all, oh, you can't, I can't imagine what it must have been like and the awe and the wonder and the responsibility. And no doubt the very presence of the Lord for him has been absolutely massive blowing and verse 11 then an angel of the lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense that's not normal like that is like what is going on pause we know that zechariah and elizabeth This is his calling, he's going and doing his duty, but they have no children. Every time, not every time, a huge amount of times in the Old Testament when the Lord was about to bring somebody up for him to be served, to make a difference, to bring a breakthrough, something significant, there is a common theme, and that common theme is it's preceded with struggle and pain, and barrenness. There's a constant theme of when the Lord's about to do something, coming into the world, there is something with this story. It goes back to Abraham. Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. Thanks God, however, his wife Sarah could not conceive. Now, he tries to fast track that his own way through Hagar But eventually, when she is well along in years, (laughs) getting on a little, Sarah conceives. And Isaac is born. It's a similar story to when Jacob is born. It's a similar story where you have this longing for the Lord. Hannah goes before the Lord. She gives birth to Samuel which is crying out to the Lord crying out to the Lord but Lord the Lord if you if you story of Samson there's a barrenness story all along the way you see this barrenness struggle pain desperation seems to be the pathway for the Lord making a way if you are in a season right now or somebody you know is in a season right now of struggle and pain and difficulty and disappointment and why me going on you could if you choose to lock down and say god forget it or hear my cry lord hear my cry I believe you could do something unexpected. I will praise you regardless. But hear my cry. Hear my cry. And and so here it is. There's a special one about to arrive. John the Baptist is about to come on the scene. And he, even though he, when he comes, he'll be the first one to declare who Jesus is. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's going to prepare a way for the Lord. There's an out of this struggle, pain, struggle, difficulty, desperation, it happens. Here's the thing about this moment. Zechariah is there, lifting on behalf of the people the prayers. And it says in verse 11 that an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. Something unexpected happened. Yeah, it did. He's there. It's just him in the presence of the Lord and an angel appears. And he is gripped with fear. Every time angels appear, what is what happens to people? People go, wah! Every time! Do you want a spelling for that word? Starts with W, ends in H. Wah! It's like startled, gripped, oh wow. Let me just declare this straight away. Sometimes we want to put demons as really impressive and angels as cute if angels were little fat little cherubs just little wings and yeah isn't it all nice like an image of cupid do you think this is how people would respond But when the angels appear and an angel of the Lord appears like a mighty, majestic, angelic, beyond what we could possibly imagine created being who all they've been doing is worshipping the Lord and they appear, people go, they are warriors and they appear and people are like, wow, now don't forget, the imagery then if you'd seen somebody sent by God at that point in that way, death is near. And so this is what's going on. And here you hear it. And here comes the angel's greeting card. Here's what he says. Every time an angel appears, this is the first thing they always say. Verse 13, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid. <laughs> Every time. Do not be afraid. Easy for you to say, Mr. Angel. But I am. Do not be afraid, Zechariah calls him by name. Your prayer has been heard. Give me a bit of license here. If you're Zechariah and you hear that, your prayer has been heard. Which one? Which one? On behalf of the people, no, this is not the Lord coming like he said to Moses, for I have heard the cries of my people. It's not the cries or the prayers of those outside that you are on behalf of them bringing before the Lord. Your prayer has been heard. Some of you have stopped praying for that prayer. Because it's too painful. I want to use the phrase this is what I would call the cry of your soul, the cry of your heart. It's almost too painful to get it out. It's safer to keep it here. But the, the, your prayer has been heard. We continue. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. We'll get to the significance of that later on. He will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Similar thing, this is what given to to Samson. This is what's called a Nazarite vow to be a Nazarite. Moving on, we haven't got time to get into it, but it's cool. Verse 16, many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, Zechariah is a priest. He knows the scriptures. He's got the whole Torah memorized and all the prophets are all in his heart and soul and being. What is quoted here from this angel, who we discover in a minute, is Gabriel. What is revealed here is multiple prophecies being fulfilled. This is full of quotes from Isaiah and even Malachi, full of it. It's like going, this isn't just some nice little, oh, he's going to be a great guy. This is, you're not just going to have a child, a son, There is something special here. And then we get Zachariah's reaction to this moment. I take both comfort in it and a warning in it. I take comfort that even in that unbelievable supernatural moment that he's experiencing, he still goes full human. (laughs) And this is what it then says, verse 18. Zachariah asked the angel, he hears all this, Um, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. (laughs) Like, what? What? You've just been revealed all this, and your response is, "Mm, how can I be sure of this? Like, is it not enough that you're once in a lifetime moment? You just so happen to this day, be the priest to bring up the incense and you know where you are right now. And you just so happen that an angel of the Lord appears before you and then tells you this and still, but how can I be sure of this? And some of you are still struggling to trust the Lord. I take comfort that even He was. I take comfort that he was even struggling to fully trust the Lord with this. He just wanted a little bit more. Well, how could I be sure of this? Don't forget, I'm old. And Elizabeth, she's old. We're beyond this biologically. This is not possible. It's over on that one. We have maybe even come to a point of just... It is what it is. We still trust the Lord, but it is what it is. And we're still honoring God and we're still living blamelessly, but hey. <sighs> and then here's the warning. The angel answered, I am Gabriel, one of the archangels, not just, this is what? Just to let you know. By the way, Gabriel also appears to Daniel, Daniel 9. So he knows this as well, like, oh. Like when it's named, God's archangel messenger, Gabriel. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper Time. This suddenly took a not so nice turn in the story. Now, can the Lord still work all through this? Yes, yes, yes. Can I just strongly encourage you? Trust God, trust Him. He can be trusted. Faith is believing God, not believing in God. Believe Him. He can be trusted. But Gabriel just went, Really? Look at how all this is together. And here's the news, and you're still like, I'm Gabriel. Here are you coming up with all your logical reasons why this cannot happen. It's impossible. This Christmas season, expect the unexpected. Get yourself, okay, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to walk there. I'm going to lift my cries to you. And if you say it, I believe it. And I'm going to live accordingly. Now, he doesn't say, because you didn't believe me, change my mind, no boy being born. Because mm, uh, the antonym, the opposite of unexpected, is obviously expected. But if you look at the root word of it all, this isn't in my notes, I'm risking it here. It also, the word the opposite of unexpected is designed, planned, purposed. Isaiah the prophet says, so is the word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. The good news is, don't think the Lord's plan will be thwarted because of your disobedience. There's the good news. All right? The greater news is, when we walk in his ways and we trust in the law with all of our heart and not our own understanding and in all our ways we acknowledge and we worship and we praise him, then our paths can be straight. (laughs) But I know some of you like the windy instead, like Zechariah did. But he'll still get there. 21. Verse 21. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. He should be out by now. So this moment for whatever we think going on, I read it in a matter of minutes, there's an unexpected moment that's taken a long time. We don't know more, but what is the interaction that Zechariah is having with Gabriel? And what is the interaction he's having just with the Lord? And then maybe when Gabriel leaves, he's just like, Like, what do I do now? Because I can't even talk. What, what, what? In those days when the priests would come out, they would go, okay, did the Lord reveal anything to you from our prayers? Do you have a message for us, oh priest? Do you have a, he's like, I've, I've, I've got my duty that I can't now fulfill. It's just There. Have you ever found yourself emotionally, mentally paralyzed? Now what? And stuck. Now what? And it's quite clear that Zachariah was there way longer than normal. He's had an encounter with the presence of God and it's left him stuck. Moving on. When He came out, he could not speak to them. They realized that he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. So somehow he's communicating like this and they're like, oh, like wow. What was he able to communicate? Now, let me continue because now Elizabeth gets her say. And it's like a verse in comparison, but it's key. Verse 23, when his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. So again, we get this little moment. He goes home, he's communicating, but not with words to his wife. But he's revealing to her, Which you can, something was gonna happen. And I'm pretty confident this isn't a sexist statement, it's just true. There was a lot of words coming from Elizabeth. There's a lot of words coming his way, a lot of words. And he's probably no doubt yes and no and everything in between. But I'm also, we know Elizabeth's like, "Uh, really? Like, really? She becomes pregnant. She remains in seclusion. They're protecting this. And then verse 25, this is on screen because it's stunning. Elizabeth says this, the Lord has done this for me. For me. Some of you struggle with the Lord blessing just you. You're good with other people. You're good with... I don't feel worthy of that, God. So just bless them. I'll feel, I feel good if you're blessing them. I'm okay, I'm okay with that. There is something you need to know. You need... I'll demonstrate it. This is off-piste again. Cameras, I don't know how you're going to pick this up, but here we go. I'll come to my brother, Josh. Sometimes you need to sit in the presence of the Lord and just hear him come to you and go, forget everybody else, I love you. Regardless of what you've done, what you've said, what you've not done, what you've not done, I love you. Receive it. Let it go in. You. Have you allowed the Lord to do that to you? Yeah, but everybody else, this, and you can do it maybe on your own and in your home and you can hear it. But in the very presence of the Lord where you are right now, the Lord has done this for me. When Jesus died for you, for you, Yeah, but it's for the whole world. I know, but you're in it. and Some of you are struggling to receive the redeeming forgiveness of Jesus because you just won't look and allow him to put it in. She said, in these days, he has shown me his favor, oh, look at this, and taken away my disgrace among the people. It said before that she was obeying his commandments and up, she was upright and blameless, but she's been walking around with disgrace and shame. Because she's felt this is what society has put on her and that expectation. But the Lord has taken away my disgrace among the people. When Jesus comes and reveals the gospel and then goes to the cross and dies for us, his whole purpose is to take away your disgrace and shame, to take it away. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Scriptures say that. There's a power in that confession and He will and He is able to fully forgive and redeem and restore. That's what salvation is. And so today you're coming here and you go in this season. And for some of you, this might need to be a journey you go on for the next five weeks of the Lord reminding you, I came to take away your disgrace. I came to take away your shame. I came to restore you. I came to cleanse you. I came to buy you back from the enemy. I came. I came. And and she experiences it. They've been waiting. This old couple have been waiting. Do you think they've been waiting full of faith? Yeah. Do you think they've been waiting with hope? Yeah. Do you think they've been waiting for the love of God? Yeah, this isn't even Soul Fuel series. We've gone past that. But faith, hope, and love are this present in their world. And I I do these all the time, these statements. And this week, these are the three that hit me. So let me share it when I was reading this and hearing this on my own soul. And I was like, okay, I need to share it. Des, your freedom is on the other side of your fear. Yeah, but yeah, but Des, on the other side of that is where your freedom is. And again, what are the cries of your heart? Cried out to the Lord, but but Lord, but on the other side of that fear. Secondly, God's greatness is always on the other side of your pain. If we look at pain and we want to run from it, but on the other side of your pain, we experience His greatness. And then finally, there's your future is found on the other side of your failure. What is the cry of your heart today? What is the cry of your heart? What is the cry of your soul? What is the cry? What is the cry? Yeah, but that's just too big There's No, go there. What is the cry? And there's no wrong answer here. No wrong answer. Could be a situation you find yourself in. Could be your own private world. It could be somebody in your life that is super close that you see it. it. Could even be the state of the world there's something that is just a cry what is the cry of your heart and I want us to lean into the beauty and the wonder and the joy of why Jesus came in these next few weeks let me finish the story now this is verse 57 to 64 and there's even more and I've missed a ton out I know there's so much but it's good to hear the rest of the story because right now, Zachariah still can't talk. All right, let's just see. Verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child And they were going to name him after his father, Zachariah, because that's what you would do. Here he is, Zachariah, you've been blessed. Let's name him Zach Jr. Here we go. Like, this is normal. There's this lineage thing, remember? Knowing that story. But, but his mother, this is Elizabeth, spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father, to Zachariah, to find out what he would like them to name the child. I don't know about you, but I feel bad for Elizabeth right now. Like, she said it. We're gonna name him John. And they're like, bless your heart, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. That doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense. Let's just, that makes no sense. Let's just check out with the guy. There was a morning on the third day and the Lord appeared to the women who became the first ever evangelists, the first ever to go and proclaim and preach the news that the king is alive. He is risen. And they go and they tell the guys and the guys are like, let's just double check. On behalf of all the men in the room, ladies, boldly declare the word of God. You just declare the word of God. Let the men get over it. You just declare the truth. (laughs) Anyway. Ah, Where am I up to? Here we go. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like them to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. John. Immediately his mouth was open. Gabriel had said, Until this comes to pass, the naming of him John, you will be remained silent. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed and he began to speak praising God. The first thing that comes out of his mouth is praising God. And this is where we want to go. We this Christmas, there'll be a full band back up here the rest of next week and going into Christmas Eve and it'll sound amazing. But let me just say this categorically. This year, we intentionally are going to keep this house a house of praise and worship and the presence of the Lord. On Christmas Eve, you are not inviting your friends and family to a show. You want a Christmas show? Go get tickets. The show's way better downtown. We are not inviting them to a show. We're not inviting them to a presentation. We're inviting them into the very presence of the King who we are praising. That's going to be intentional. That means you all come, all praised up, all ready to go, running into the presence of the Lord, giving thanks to him, praising his name. They come into the house and the aroma is so dense that the people you invite in go, what? What? I may not fully understand, but something... Something, Or should I say someone is here? Because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. If you're expecting to bring your friends and family, hoping that Des does a good message that speaks to them, you've got it wrong. The presence of the Lord, the first thing coming out of Zechariah, praise because for months he's been seeing his son growing and going oh god you're so good you're so can i don't know how he that's torture for a guy who loves to praise to be silent and seeing the goodness of god seeing the goodness of God in his wife and the promise. And the I mean, I'd have been confessing like crazy. I'm sorry for not believing you. But the praise that is just locked up, burning in his soul. And then that day comes and it's loosed. Wow. Zechariah was praising, like praising. So fill your car with praise this Christmas. Fill your home with praise praise this Christmas, not nice little cute Christmas songs, but oh, you can be singing "Oh Holy Night, and what it says, fall on your knees, oh, hear the angel voices, get on your knees. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm ready. Okay, well, I'm not ready, but I'm going. This is how we're going to do this today in closing. Prayer partners will come down forward when we start our worship time. And you come out to these prayer partners with the cry of your heart. This is the cry of my heart. You don't have to get into any depth of detail, just go, it's this situation, it's this person, it's this. It seems impossible. It seems all over, it seems like, it seems like. For the rest of us, those invitation cards that are out available in the porch, on the in the lobby, out on the porch. It, it, it's deliberately unusual, the unexpected. Who is it? You went, Lord, if you were to do something unexpected in their life. <laughs> well, step one of unexpected is you planting the seed and inviting. And some of you are like, Well, I want to invite. They want to come Saturday, come Saturday. Yeah, but I want to come Sunday with my family. Come Sunday and Saturday. Saturday at five and Sunday at three and five are identical-ish, okay, in their content. The 11 at night is a unique, different environment. So you might, oh, I've got something. They can't do that. They can come at 11 at night, whatever it may be. I'm coming four times, so you can always do that. I'll I'll be here for all four. So you won't be alone in that this is how we're going to do this today we're going to have a time of worship prayer partners will be down front I want you to start by being seated I mean I, I love this the style and we can just be a little bit closer and even if I allow allow Ali just to sing over you if you want maybe a posture of just yes if you feel like no I have to stand and Belt my lungs out. Belt your lungs out. Do whatever you is needed to do. If there's a cry of your heart, which you've got, come out for prayer. Bring it into the light. Come out for prayer for that. God and his goodness is here. And so let's allow this to, to do. Let me pray. King Jesus. King Jesus. You decided to respond to the cries of two old people in an incredible way. And Lord, we surrender ourselves to your will, to your purpose, to your plan. But we also say, Lord, here I am, I am yours, whatever whenever, wherever, we're here for you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for, in the midst of our praises to you, you long to dwell here. We lift up the cries of our heart today and throughout this season. And may we, this Christmas 2023, May we encounter the living King afresh. Amen. Amen. Start leading us, guys. Prayer partners, come out, be available. Come with your cries. And in this worship time, just lean in.